ignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oyibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. Strengthen me 
Hallelujah. What a beautiful blessing. What a beautiful song. Clap your hands for our sister Grace. I believe that God always gathers us and he blesses us and helps us to see areas of our lives where we need his word as a light to shine. So we see our way clearly. And sometimes he also helps us using his word as a mirror for us to look at ourselves and see areas we must correct. So I believe that God is at work in our lives. Any opportunity to hear God's word is a powerful opportunity. I tell you. And wherever you are, I just want you to stand to your feet and lift your hands and pray. Just pray and ask the Lord to speak to you. Ask him to minister his word to you. To minister his grace to you. To minister his power to you. Yes. Pray. 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 Ramala Baba Minosa Mandala Baba Lemelimo Lomonaba Daba Baba Thank you Jesus Yes In Jesus name we pray Amen Hallelujah What a blessing Well tonight I am very excited to continue with the powerful series I am enjoying very much preaching and learning myself, learning from what I'm talking about. You know, when I stand here, I'm not just preaching to you, but I'm also learning. God speaks to me. The Holy Spirit speaks to me. He corrects me. He rebukes me. He instructs me. Everything the Word does to you, it also happens to me. Yes, and it's a blessing that we have this book backsliding by our father and our pastor, Bishop Dagwood Mills. I want you to clap your hands for this beautiful book. Beautiful book. And uh, I have enjoyed preaching from backsliding, from this book. I preached about the causes of backsliding. And now I am on the symptoms of backsliding. Yeah, the symptoms. You know, it, it, it's, it's very, very important to have respect for the subject of backsliding. You, you need to have respect for this subject because um, when, you, when you backslide, when you turn away from God, it can begin many troubles for you. See, many of us may not know that a lot of things are going well for you because of your closeness to God. Because of your closeness to God. Because of the, of, of the, the, the depths at which you have engaged God in the church. And so when you free yourself from these engagements, when you free yourself from your relationship with God and begin to move backwards till you are cut off from God, you are creating a problem. 
That is why backsliding is a very important subject. Every Christian should know about the subject. Because you can backslide. I can backslide. I've defined backsliding as a decrease in your level of commitment to anything spiritual. And of course to God. We backslide in many areas. Sometimes as you are standing on the stage singing with your best voice, you backslidden in prayer. Yes. Sometimes as you are standing on the stage with a microphone preaching powerfully, you backslidden in your word study life, your quiet time. Sometimes as you are doing great things for the Lord, you backslidden in your personal holiness. Pornography has entered in. Now you are into African ones. Before you move to European and Asian. You are going deeper and deeper and deeper. Yes. So there are many areas we backslide. And once you backslide in one area, it, 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 it has a domino effect on other areas. Always it will start in an area. Not coming to church regularly. You'll be having your, your quiet time well. You'll be praying well. Paying your tithes. But your commitment to church has, 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 has fractured. Has fractured. Before you know it, it affects other areas. And I'm saying that when you cut yourself off God, it is not a good thing. Many problems come. Jeremiah 15 verse 6 says, Thou hast forsaken me, said the Lord. Yes. When you forsake God, God knows it. When you backslide, God knows it. The same way you expect God to know when you pray. He also knows it when you don't pray. When you don't come to him to engage him. He said, you have forsaken me. You've left me. You've gone back from me. Ah, is there? Thou hast forsaken me, said the Lord. Thou art gone backward. When you backslide, God knows it. When you pray less, God knows it. When you serve with less energy, less joy, less enthusiasm, God knows it. When you begin to play games with your church attendance, God knows it. He sees, but have you forgotten that he said, not one hair, I don't know if there's hair on my head, I don't know who said, not one hair on your head can fall without the father knowing. If God notices one strand of hair falling, he will notice it when your prayer has dropped by two minutes. Thou hast forsaken me, and thou hast gone backward. Therefore, will I stretch out my hand against thee and destroy thee. I am weary with repenting. I'm tired of you. Just back and forth, back and forth. Verse 7. And I will fan them with a fan in the gates of the land. I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people. Since they return not from their ways. King James. 
I will destroy my people. God himself can destroy his people. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. My brother, my sister, you don't have any idea what it has taken God for you to be even interested in him. Interested in him. I mean, this service you are watching, normally, when you go on the internet, it's not a church service you, are, you, 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 you attend. There are many other things. God is trying Apart from sending his son to die for our sins, he anoints pastors. He calls people to sacrifice their lives, sacrifice their comfort, so that they can reach you. God makes a lot of moves to get you to be in church. So when you begin to backslide and you forsake him, actually, it annoys him. Yeah. And, and I, I read the Bible. These are not my words. He said, I will find them with a fan in the gates of the land. I will bereave them of children. It means that I will remove their children from the house. Yes, they will be there, but they will have no children. Either they will die or they will be alive, but they have no interest in you. Don't, don't mess with God because your children, many weeks ago, I said it, your son in the, in the room listening to messages is because of God. But for God, he will be watching pornography in the room. But for God. And he says that if you, if, you, if you play with your relationship with me, I will bereave you of your children. Please. Don't take God to be a Father Christmas. He is very generous. He's a provider. He gives us freely things to enjoy. But don't mistake those things for weakness or an inability to punish. When he has gone length and paid the price for us to be with him, you and I must stick with him. Forsaking God is a crime against God. That's why I'm preaching about backsliding. Because if you backslide and forsake God, he said, I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people. You don't know God. You don't know God. When he turns against you, you will be surprised at what he will do. He said, he said I will destroy my people since they return not from their ways. They went a whoring and they've not come back. Tonight, I pray that you come back. You are in this service, but you are backslidden in your prayer life. I pray that you come back. You are in this service, but you are backslidden in your, in your quiet time. I pray that you come back. You are in this service and you have gone far. You are chasing another girl. You are with another woman. You are chasing some boy because of something he has. That you've not seen before. Come back to God. Come back to God. Because he expects you to return. You know. He expects you. The prodigal son, the Bible says, when he was way off, the father saw him. So the father apparently was on the lookout. Will my son appear? 
That's what Jeremiah 15, 7 says. Since they return not from their ways. Look at it in English. Since they return not from their ways. God expects you to return. He's looking out. Will you come back from chasing that girl? Will you come back from your worldly ways? Will you come back from your carnality? Will you return? Receive the grace to turn around and come back. Come back. Backsliding can be interrupted. Backsliding can be stopped. People backslide and they turn around. Turn around tonight. It's a type of repenting. Yeah, because you have tasted the good word of the Lord. You you have enjoyed the ministry of angels. You cannot turn away. You cannot turn away. God can can destroy you. For coming close to him to experience his word, experience his love, experience the lengths he went to get you in church. If you turn away, your life will not be the same again. Your end will be a very difficult end. Yes. He said, Thou hast forsaken me. Jeremiah 15, 6. You have left me. I have noticed it. That you have forsaken prayer. I have noticed it. That you have, you have, you have forsaken holiness. I have noticed it. That you have forsaken quiet time. I have noticed it. That you have forsaken paying your tithe. I can see that you are backsliding. I have noticed it. You are in church all the time. But your love for me has gone down. I have noticed it. You know, God is not a man that you can use smiles and, you know, facades to deceive. God, he hardly even sees your face. He sees truth into your heart. He's a God of intentions. He looks at your intentions. That's why one of my greatest and most exciting jobs I've done as a pastor is to preach this series on backsliding. Oh, yes. And I'm happy with the symptoms. We have looked at symptoms of backsliding. Symptoms that you must expunge from your life. Symptoms that you must be sensitive to in case they are coming in. Bad company is a sign. It's a symptom. Looking backwards is a symptom. Anybody who, who likes the past in spite of what you are going through now, anybody who likes the past will not last with God. So remember Lot's wife. Always remember what happened to the woman who looked back. As Christians, we look ahead. The Bible says, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. No matter what is going on today, no matter what prosperity or pain or, 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 or lack or loss, we look forward. Today's problems cannot be a license for you to desire your former boyfriend, to desire your former wicked ways that you were using to get money, sleeping with people's husbands, stealing from the shop. You can't look back and miss that shop. Whatever goes on today, you, 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 you brave it, you endure it, and you look to Jesus. Looking back is not a good sign. Overconfidence 
Stubbornness. Stubbornness. Can let you move away. Can let you backslide. When you can't be corrected, you can't be guided, you are, you, it's like you and your ways. You, know, you don't change. You don't change. You don't last with God. That, when God is with us, he softens our hearts. He, he, one of the surgeries that the Lord does is that he removes the heart of stone and puts back the heart of flesh. So he can mold it, he can change it, he can turn it. Stubbornness is not going to help you. Forgetfulness. I talked about last week, I prayed about not fasting. Or fasting less. Anger at correction. When you are corrected, say symptoms. Yes, when you are corrected, you get angry. And because of the type of anger you can express, people are afraid to correct you. Or when they correct you, you leave the church. When they correct you, you make a face. It doesn't work. It won't help you. The people who last with God are people he can correct. Even the Bible we read, the Bible says in Second Timothy that it is for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction. The Bible itself, you forget about preaching. The Bible itself as it is there is for your correction. So if you are the type you, who can't be corrected, you can't walk with God. You can't walk with God. Listen to last week's message on my podcast. It's going to be a great blessing to you. Amen. Then I talked about allowing the curse of the world to choke the word. Yes. That's how people backslide. No, mark, no, no, no smoking. No, 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 no. Oh, 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 oh. No, the, the boy is fornicating now. No. It's not about smoking weed or drinking. The normal, normal life. Rent. Rent. Writing of exams. Being unwell, being sick, normal, being pregnant, can choke the word and make you unfruitful. And before you know it, you are going back and back and back and back and it's over with you. You've gone back. We have to visit you at home to ask why we don't see you. Today, I'm going to the next symptom. I'll preach the symptoms. Ah. Are you ready for symptoms? Yes. Oh, I can't hear you. I said, are you ready for symptoms? Yes. yes. Today, I'm preaching about one more symptom. Some more symptoms. Number one for today is the last of the world. Yes, lost. Based on where you are coming from, it's called lost. Yes. Lost of the world. Or last of the world. <laughs> Choose your own. Yes. I've not met anybody 
who suffers from this condition and has lasted with God. Mark 4, verse 19. And the last of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. One sure way to backslide is to develop a last for the world. Instead of developing a last for the world, develop a last for the word. Yeah. Last for anything apart from God's word is dangerous. It's dangerous. It can ruin your life. Because, 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 watch this one. When you last after something, this is what it does. Anything you last after, anything you last after, money, politics, you can last after education. When you see a degree, you have a feeling. You get feelings. When you hear PhD, you, say, you also have to go and do some. One of the things lasts do to your life is that they make you sacrifice things to get what you want. Yes, that is, that is the power of lust. I'll take it again. The power of lust lies in its ability to make you make sacrifices because you want it so badly that nothing can stop you. So anything that is in your way will be cut off. Anything. If the pastor is not allowing you to marry that man, you are lasting after, you cut him off, you block him. Because he said, no, you can't do that. You block him. Now when he calls, there's some noise on the phone. Anything you last after strongly will make you sacrifice other things. We call it collateral damage. Because that thing itself is going to destroy you. But before it destroys you, it will make you destroy other things. Have you not seen some people, when they come into your life, they want you to break up with your friends. So that you can be with them. They can't stand you being in their lives or they being with you and you are, you are talking about this person, you are talking about that person. You are, you are, no, 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 they don't want it at all. Once I'm in your life, it's just me. And that last is so strong that they will even let you cut off your husband to have them, to be with them. Cut off your wife. Listen to me very carefully. When we mention last, we are dealing with something that you need to pay attention to. Because last is a strong, overpowering desire. Yes. And last is not just, oh, I want to drink water or, or, or uh, uh, give me five, five, five Ghana cities or two dollars. No, last is too strong. It's not, it's not a mild desire. It's not a mild desire. Strong. I must have it. I must have it. And then the next is overpowering. Last overpowers you. It overrides your faculties. Yes, it overrides your logic. So you find people who are doing things that don't even make sense to them. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I have to do it. I don't know why I've broken into my mother's locker to steal her trinket. I must smoke. 
I must drink. I must give money to that girl. It overpowers, it overpowers you. It takes over your life. You can't be with God and be with the world. And they are Christians. Like that. You see them in the church. But they are very strong. They can't even stop it. I know people who are into certain lives. I, 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 I ask myself, I mean, to what benefit? To what, to, to what gain? I mean, what is this person going to gain from this? Something which is clearly blaring even pastors. I know pastors with lusts. Some have lust for politics. Lust for business. Lust for a boy. Lust for a man. Lust for a girl. Lust for somebody's husband. Lust for somebody's wife. It overpowers you. It overrides your own algorithms. It takes over. Like a virus. When a virus enters your body, it takes over. When it enters a cell, it takes over the factory of the cell. Nobody can be with God. Nobody can be, if you are with God, you can't be deep into some things. You can't. You can't. In fact, you, you can't have a strong desire for anything. That is why it, it is in his wisdom that he, he said in Exodus to the Israelites that when you are loving God, so, you see, I, I always say, I don't even know where we got the heart to love our wives. I don't know how we, 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 we got the heart to love our husband. Because when you, you say, thou, you shall love the Lord thy God with all, all your hearts. Ideally, we should be loving our wives with our spleen or our kidney. But not the heart. All your heart is for God. Because when other loves enter, they innocuously take over. There are people who could have been pastors, but the lust for politics took over. The lust for education took over. The lust for money took over. I know pastors who could have been pastors, but a, 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 a lust for a woman took over. Overpowered. It's an overpowering desire. And it's strong. It's strong. It's like an addiction to drugs. Strong. You must kill. You must steal. My dear friend, that's why you are advised as a Christian, eh? just concentrate on God. Don't have a, a strong desire that I must drive a Mercedes Benz. I must to drive. I must to drive a Mercedes-Benz. Before I die, I must drive a Mercedes-Benz. I must marry by all means. I must marry by all means. Anything that comes in trousers, even if it's a woman in trousers, I'll marry. I must marry. 
Don't do that. That's why on Sundays, we pray for the will of God. Yeah. You can't. You see, Matthew 22. Turn your Bible to Matthew 22. Uh, Matthew 6, 22. Matthew 6, 22. The light of the body is the eye. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body is full of light. Your eye must be single. To have light, you can't have two eyes. One looking at God and one looking at a man's beard or a man's structure. Your eye must be one. Your eye must be single. Looking to Jesus. But there are people in the church with two eyes. One looking to God and one looking to money. One looking to God, one looking to degrees. One looking to God, one looking to a side chick. One looking to God, one looking to somebody's husband. One looking to God, one looking to an unbeliever. Two eyes. Anybody with two eyes never, never lasts. You can't. Oh, I've been to school. I've been to school. I've worked and risen in my employ. But I was not lasting. I was not lasting by the grace of God. My desire is strong for God. By His grace. I want to talk to you today. Your concentration must not be broken. Some of you love God, but you brought a girl into your life and she has spoiled you, she has, she has broken your concentration. You know, sometimes you are looking at something, then, then someone distracts you, and you look here and you look there, and you can't, before you know it, you, you, you are all over the place. Yeah. Some of you have brought things into your life. So if there's a course you are doing, it is, it's, it's not a good course. It's not the right. You shouldn't even be doing it. You shouldn't be doing it. And most of the time, it just lasts. You heard somebody talk about education. So you are going until ah, you are 45 with PhD and nobody will employ you because your bones are now weak. God wants us if there is any energy in us to desire anything it must be for him if there's any energy in us to love anything strongly it must be for god the people we read in the bible who worked with god they loved god strongly strongly today we we don't find such christians i was i don't know why i was talking to somebody and i was saying that people Hardly will you find somebody who is all out for God. I'm not talking about full-time ministry. Just all out. This is a Christian. He's not into parties, unbelievers. He's just God and church and school. God and church and wife and children and school. Most people have got all kinds of pollutants.
And these things make you not able to concentrate. That's why, you see, one of the things last does, like I said, it overrides. If there's, a, if there's a way your mind works, if you last for anything, it takes over your mind. I'm sure you've seen people like that who do things which you don't understand. It's because the person is deeply into something. May you not be too deep into anything. Deep into a particular girl. Deep into a particular boy. Deep into money. Deep into a cause. Deep into politics. Deep. Don't be deep. Be deep into God. Be, 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 you see, because First Peter, tell the Bible to First Peter 2. First Peter 5, sorry. First Peter 5. One of the things last does is in First Peter 5, verse 8. Last, a strong, overpowering desire. It says, be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, he's a roaring lion. Walking about and seeking whom he may devour. But he says, you see, backsliding is a devil. When you backslide, the devil has got you. Now, one of the ways not to backslide, one of the ways not to be devoured by the devil is, the, is the, an English word here. The second word in this verse, sober. One of the states you must be in. Listen to this very important point. Day and night, noon and dawn. One of the states you must make sure you are constantly in is a state of sobriety. Be sober. What does it mean to be sober? To be sober means you are in control of your faculties. Versus, like, when a drunkard is not drunk, so he's sober, he's sober today. He's sober, he's, he's, he's fine. He's sober. Because, you see, when you drink the alcohol, the alcohol takes over your body. So, so, so if you are not sober, it means that something has taken over your mind. Something has taken over your mind. But nothing must take over your mind. Some of you, you know the word of God. You know about holiness. You know about paying tithes. But your mind can be influenced by sin so much that a verse on holiness doesn't mean anything to you. A verse on righteousness because you are not sober. Something else has taken over your mind. Be sober. Be sober means don't allow yourself to be drunk. Be sober means don't allow yourself to be influenced by anything, by a girl. Don't allow a, a girl in your life to make scriptures about holiness to be useless. Be sober. When she passes her hand into your hair, say, hey, remove your hand. You are getting me drunk. Be in control of your faculties. 
be in control of the verses you have read. Don't allow lust to override your mental faculties. Don't allow a lust for cars, a lust for men, a lust for women, a lust for anything, nothing. It's a, that's what killed Samson. That's what killed Samson. It's a lust. Delilah took over his faculties. Yes. You and I, I mean, when you read about Samson, are you not just like me, amazed that you are in a room with somebody? The person sent a text message. She said, oh, just a minute. That he sent a text message and people just break in at her behest. And you are able to overpower the people. I mean, is this not a girl you must fear? Is this not a girl you must break all contact with? Is this not a girl you must, you must move far from? No, but after Samson beat the guys, he put his head again on her head because he was not himself. Many Christians are not their, themselves. They've been overtaken. They, have, they are not sober. They are not themselves. They are not sober. You can be drunk with offense. I know pastors, I know bishops, I know types of men of God who are, who, who are not themselves. Yes, they're not themselves. When you see them teaching, when you, hear, when you see the things they post on Facebook, you know that this person is not himself. He is overcome because you will know that there are verses this person knows. There are scriptures against dishonoring fathers. There are, whether your father is drunk or naked, there are verses in the Bible. We've read about Ham. We've read about Shem. We've read about Japheth. But when you are offended, that offense overrides. It's a demon which overrides your verses. So any verse you know is aside. Your father is a devil. Watch out. Don't allow anything. To take over your life. Don't allow a friend. No. Only the word of God should take over your life. Only the word of God. Only the word of God. That's what made Peter a rich man. Peter's money was from not allowing things around him. He was in his boat. He was at a place fishing all night. Trying all night. That in the morning a carpenter comes and shows him where to cast his net. Meanwhile, that was the place he had been fishing all night. He said, I've told here all night. But nevertheless, at thy word, at thy word, at thy word, we need believers who say, I have a feeling for the girl, but at thy word, I'm falling in love with that man, but at thy word, I'm becoming a drunkard, but at thy word, I'm, I'm now getting into pornography. But at thy word, may the word of God be able to stop you. Because lust is strong. Anybody playing around? Maybe now you do two minutes pornography. Three minutes into this. Or you are with a girl. And you squeeze her breast a little. You've not slept with her. You just kiss a little. Be very careful. Lust is intoxicating. The same way Samson was intoxicated. There's nobody on earth who will read Samson's story and consider him normal. He had been overridden. 
His algorithms had been taken over by a woman. He liked her so much. He said, I've seen a woman. Give her to me. She pleases me well. I want her. His parents were surprised. Samson, of all the women in town, of all the girls in OEB, he said, Am I someone you want to get a wife? He said, Yes. Yes. Be very careful. I pray for you that God will give you grace to break certain cycles of habits. I pray that God will give you grace to put your foot down and say, No more! No more! You can do this, you can do this, but don't come here. Place the limits. Erect the barriers. Build the walls again. Even if the walls are broken, build the walls again. Because when lust overpowers you, it takes over your life. It takes over your life. Build the walls again. Yes, yes. I allowed you to play with my breasts, but no more. I know we are marrying in 11 months time. But if now you are with my breast, in 10 months, where will you be touching? No more. Don't stir up my love. Don't stir me up. We are marrying in November, so just wait. If you can, go away. Don't come and destroy my Christian life. Even if I marry you, God will still be more important to me than you. You can't come and spoil my relationship with God. It's the most important relationship with God. Beware of lusts. Beware of lusts. Beware of lusts. Beware of anything that takes over and intoxicates you. So you yourself, you are doing something you don't understand why you are doing it. Why? Why am I in a hurry to go and see this girl? Why am I dying for this boy? Because of some two rounds you had three weeks ago. Now all your mind is it's like you are dead. Everybody stand up wherever you are sitting. Stand up and begin to clap your hands and pray and bind any power that wants to overpower you. Bind it. Bind it. That is ripping into your life as a woman. Ripping as a girl. Ripping. Pray. Rendua. Shomia. Shaluma, Rasa, Candelo, Rasa, Remramos, Rasa, Yongima, Mandoga, Yamola, Yande, Yande, that is worth sacrificing your Christian life for. Nothing. 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 No girl, no best friend, no boy, no money, no job. Nothing. Say, so if I die, if I perish, I perish. Nothing. It's worth sacrificing. Nothing. Anything coming into your life, a husband, a wife, a everything must be ready to be subject to the God in your life. Shunatu labakata. And make sure you know that God well. Because sometimes we don't interpret our relationship with God well. Yes, there is nothing worth sacrificing your Christianity for. You will only live into bracket or die to regret it. 
If you see someone who has a very strong desire for material things, you are looking at a potential backslider. A strong desire for politics. A strong desire for a girl. A strong desire for a car. A strong desire for America. America or suicide. Canada or suicide. Wow. Then kill yourself. Kill yourself. One day the devil will dangle that thing in front of you. And you may just walk out on Christ to get it. Watch out. Anything, whether it's a job, a legitimate job, a relationship, a legitimate marriage, anything that makes you sacrifice a bit of God to get, is not the will of God for your life. Never. It must rather come and advance the expression of God's will in your life. Masata. Shondiliba. Some Christians desperately want a husband. And therefore they will break all the rules. And sacrifice every moral principle in order to get one. I have to marry. Yes. Whether he's a fool, whether he's an idiot, whatever he is, I must marry. Whether he beats women. There are women like that. Some of you are watching me. At all costs, you must marry. Because your friend Eva, your friend Frida, your friend Beatrice, your friend Mansa, they are all married. And you are Lucy, Araba Lucy, you must marry. So to also show that you too, you, 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 are, you are a married wife with a wedding ring, with an engagement ring, which doesn't have even diamonds. It is, it is luba blades they have cut to put there. You must marry to show your friend that you too have a husband. And nobody knows what you are suffering in, in your bedroom. About. You're going to bring a man into your life who is more of a liability than a help. With problems. Because you need to marry. You, I must marry. If the church members are not looking at me, there's a sand and stone contractor who is looking at me. I must marry. I must marry. If the brothers are not interested, there's a man who, who operates a nightclub, a man with a drinking bar, he, a drinking spot. He likes me. I'm going. I have to marry. Even if I must be the second wife, I will have to marry. One brother worked in a hospital. Where they, um, they did these pregnancy things, you know, women who couldn't have children came for, you know, some procedures and so on and all that. And the brother at that point said, he doesn't, when he sees a woman, he doesn't trust a woman. I mean, that's also another extreme thing. But, but the brother said, he doesn't, he doesn't trust women. He was working there. So oh, why? Why don't you trust women? He said, he couldn't believe it. That a lot of women who came with children, the father of the baby was not the husband. It was another man. So the father of the baby was not the husband. The man who is holding the blue bag, following his wife with the boy, he thinks he's the father of that baby. What he doesn't know is that his friend is the father. His friend is a father. 
And the woman has wiped her lips smiling nicely. We see them at American Embassy. When they go for visa and they do DNA tests, it, 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 it comes up. Because she wants a child badly. So even if she must sleep with her watchman and be pregnant for the man, she will do it. Don't let your craving for material possessions make you backslide. Yes. Don't let it. Don't allow it to make you backslide. You must be ready to only do the will of God. Only the will of God. Once you see that this work is trying to spoil my church attendance, my quiet time, I'm unable to serve God. Chale, begin to reconsider your commitment to this church. This work thing. Anything that comes into your life to stress your relationship with God, look at it very well. Yes, because you live to do the will of God. Any man who doesn't help you to do the will of God, remove that man. Any woman who doesn't allow you to, to do the will of God, any girl, any member, no matter who she is, once when you are in her presence, you, 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 you become immoral. Stop her from entering your life. Lock some doors and give her the veranda to sit. I said, lock the doors. You will sit at the veranda and we will chat there. But inside, no. You don't come inside. The next thing, the next symptom for tonight is a poor quality conscience. A person who does not have a good conscience. You see, there is something called a conscience. And I'm saying that, watch out, watch out. People whose conscience is poor in quality, poor conscience, will not be with God for a long time. In a short time, he or she will leave. A good conscience is necessary to keep you on track. And it's the next symptom of backsliding I want us to consider tonight. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 19. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 19. Holding faith and a good conscience which some haven't put away concerning faith have made shipwreck of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander whom I have delivered unto Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. There are sometimes in your prayers you must hand over certain entities to Satan so they learn lessons of not blaspheming. Because not everybody will learn how not to blaspheme when things are fine. But the, but the uh, verse 19 says, holding faith and a good conscience We know of faith and patience, but here we are learning of faith and a conscience. There are Christians who do not have a conscience. And these guys, Hamenels and Alexander, they put away faith and a good conscience. And they made a shipwreck of their faith. That is, they backslid. Anybody who wants to remain in God, buoyant, enduring and advancing must understand that you need to have 
a good conscience. What is the conscience? What, 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 what is the, the conscience Paul is talking to Timothy about in 1 Timothy 1.19? What is the conscience? The conscience is the voice of that better component of a human being. Whether he's a Christian or he's not a Christian. I'll take it again. The conscience is the voice of that better component of a human being. Christian or not a Christian. You see, everybody, as I stand here, there is a better component. <laughs> yes. And there's a bad part of me. Hey! You two, you have some. Everybody has a good side and a bad side. Whether you are born again, or, ah, that is why John the Baptist said, I must decrease. A man who is preaching prophetically in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the forest, I must decrease. If a man of God is correct, why should he decrease? If you are proper, why should you decrease? And this is not an unbeliever killing people. Oh. This is a pastor in the forest. Listen carefully, we are closing. This is a pastor in the forest. Preaching and crowds are gathering. Why should John the Baptist say, I must decrease? Why? Because you may be a pastor, but you are bad. That's why, my Christian brother, the tongues you pray and the outreaches you do and the number of converts you have should not, should not fool you. Don't allow some girls in your life who come to stir up the bad part of you. Yes. Don't. No matter the size of the church you have, you, you have built, there's a bad part of you. Yes. Oh, yes. No matter what you, how you can sing, when you sing, it's like you sing God, then angels come and carry you up. So when we see you, you are levitating. There's still a bad part of you. Somebody come and, can come and press some buttons. You, you will jigger. It's to jigger. Jigger is a Greek word. The conscience is the voice of that better component of you. So everybody, bad, a, a, a wee smoker has a good part. Sukatumayakata. An armed robber has a good part. A prostitute has a good part. Everybody has a good part. Now, it is the balance of the good and bad in you that makes you who you are. So, so, so when you see like now, as you see me preaching and ministering powerfully, it means the good part of me has, has, has overridden the corrupt part of me. There's always a balance. So that's, that's why some of you are surprised. You hear, oh, but this sister has done this. Oh, this brother was fornicating. The one who was praying on the, on the internet has gone to steal some money from his job because we have a bad part. And the good part, you see, the bad part also has a voice. It speaks to you. It speaks to you. Say, so look at that girl carefully. You, you, you look at her. Don't you think she's a great girl? Imagine this girl with you in bed on a rainy day. Imaginations. On a rainy day. 
when the sky is dark and the, and, the, and the lightning strikes far, just wants to light up the romantic sky. Imagine, that's a voice. But the same person, the same person having such filthy thoughts, also thinks about winning a soul, praying for a convert, giving to build a church. Now, 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 watch this one. Watch this. The American will say, watch this. It's the voice of the good part. No matter who you are, the, your good part has a voice. That voice is a conscience. And when you get born again, you need it. Whether you are not born again or you are born again, the unbeliever and the believer, both of them have the conscience. Have you not seen some unbelievers who are very nice? Nicer than believers. That's why some Christian sisters are able to fall in love with unbelievers. Because you meet a guy. Oh my goodness. Nesata. His voice. The way he talks to you. Very gentle. He doesn't go to church. But he came from work at 4 a.m. He will still sleep for one hour and pick you to church and give you money for offering. Say good side. I said good side. Yes. Everybody has a good side. And when a girl meets brothers in the church who have no upbringing, Bushmen, Christians, who don't know how to woo a woman, who don't know how to be nice and gentle to a, to, to a girl. Every day, tongues and their shirts are sweaty, white shirts with brown armpit, hustling Christians. Abba! Then she goes to town and meets a brother who is not born again, but smooth. Said no, I must have this one. Listen to me, my dear. Listen to me. Listen to me. That boy, eh? that, that part you are seeing, that he drops you, is the is the good part. But the bad part, you are yet to experience it. Yes, when a man is not born again, I said, when a man is not born again, don't take chocolate. And flowers he brings to you to mean that he will, he will be good to you. When he marries you, the same voice he is enchanting you with, he is enchanting other girls with. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about a poor quality conscience. When you are in church, when you are in church, that voice of your good side, we need it. We need the Holy Ghost, we need God. We need faith. Is there? Have you not seen it? He said, let me take it again. He said, holding faith and a good conscience. Which some haven't put away have shipwrecked their faith. You can put away a good conscience. There is a voice in you that speaks to you. 
And you must protect that voice. It is the conscience of a man that tries to keep him from doing evil. I'm saying that, look, even an unbeliever has a conscience. Ah, There's a movie of uh, this type of Arabs who hijacked a plane. To hijack a plane means that you are prepared to kill the people, take the plane somewhere. I mean, it's evil, evil, evil to hijack a plane. These guys with guns managed to enter a plane and they hijacked the plane. They, they, they went to the, to, to the uh, I was going to say pulpit, cockpit, <laughs> and commanded the, the, the um, pilot to veer off its course. Move. Like, if you are going to Accra, they say, move, you are going to Mali. Some passengers tried to resist Kill them. Wicked men. But one of them, as he was walking down the aisle, he saw a woman who was pregnant. And you know, when you are very emotionally charged, you can, you can, actually, it can precipitate labor. And the woman began to have contractions. Contractions. She was struggling in the, in the seat. And the, and the hijacker with an AK-47, he had just killed somebody in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the business class. He came, he saw the woman. He said, Madam, is everything okay? Are you alright? Are you alright? Is everything okay? He has just killed somebody, but there's a good part of him that is able to take care of a woman who is pregnant and is about to deliver. Everybody has a good side. And that part of you, you see, for that, for that hijacker, that good part, that makes him want to care for a pregnant woman, it's a small voice. It is weak. That's why the evil part can overtake him. So don't be fooled by an unbeliever who is caring for you and being nice to you. It is the conscience of a man that tries to keep him from doing evil. It is important to have a good conscience. You can either have a strong conscience or a weak one. Paul, the great apostle, said he had a good conscience. He also revealed that he had always maintained a good conscience, even as an unbeliever. I dare say some unbelievers have better consciences than some Christians. When our conscience becomes hardened, it is difficult for God to speak to us. Yes. It's that conscience which pricks you every day. It it speaks to you. I tell you, listen to me very carefully. When the Bible has failed, Asha with that girl. You, have you seen that scriptures have failed? I said, as you are with that girl. Last night, when you were on the website watching pornography, you said, the Bible failed. <laughs> have you failed? Your pastor's advice failed. Honey, honey, there are times the scriptures will fail. Your pastor's advice will fail. 
the advice of your friend will fail. But don't think you are now without any reserve. There's a conscience. When scriptures fail, your conscience can kick in. Yes. Your conscience can kick in. And you are doing something. Say, no. No. I can't destroy this man's marriage. I can't destroy this little girl. I mean, how can I rape such a girl? How can I do this? How can I steal this? And, 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 and collapse somebody's business? I, I'm saying that scriptures aside, every Christian must try to have a conscience. That conscience will say to you that no, apart from everything, you don't talk about a man who has laid his hands on you that way. No. You don't talk about a man who prayed for your children when they were born. He spoke on them. He prayed for them. And now he's, he's Lucifer. When your conscience is gone, that element within you that can stop the backsliding process is also gone. I'm saying it again. There will be a time you will forget. I mean, as the girl is there, with her fingers in your hair, and you, you have forgotten your mother's name. You don't even know where you are standing. No scriptures are floating. Your pastor's voice has dimmed. There is a conscience also. God, God your conscience is part of your defense mechanism. Yes. Your conscience, that is the voice that says that you can't do this. This is wrong. It's, it is also from God. It's as powerful as the Holy Ghost. It's as powerful as the Word of God. The conscience, Paul, one of Paul's uh, um, pride, I mean, things he took pride in was that he had a strong conscience. Strong conscience. You are a shepherd. A prayer meeting has begun at 3.30. If you were alone, you could sleep and wake up at 4.30. But you must start a watch party. And you are also feeling sleepy. Even if there's no verse, conscience can kick in that by sleeping for one hour, you are depriving fragile Christians who depend on you for guidance from praying. Say conscience. As I say conscience. Conscience alone. If, 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 if we had conscience alone, we could have a good life. Yeah, that's why there are many Christians who don't see uh, unbelievers. They say, oh, I'm okay. And truly they are okay. Truly they are okay. But life is more than being okay. You need Jesus. But I'm saying that the conscience, if people entered marriage with a conscience, yes. If husbands entered marriage with a conscience, you will know that the way you spoke to your wife wasn't right. That your wife is feeling lonely. Call her that we should go for a ride. Let's go and sit in a restaurant. A conscience, you know, you have brought a girl from, from, from her mother's house. You've brought her to your house, impregnated her two times, and you have abandoned her. And you are now chasing your next door neighbor. Say conscience. Are you learning something today? You thought, you thought it was just 
Holy Ghost and the Scriptures. Conscience. Conscience. If women came into marriages with conscience, you have a feeling for your husband. Who wants to have sex? That's why even when we are fasting, we are fasting. The Bible in English, I don't know how the Hebrew puts it, but the English says that we only stop having sex, not when we are fasting. Fasting cannot stop. Prayer meeting cannot stop us from having sex. It is when we agree, except by agreement. You sign, I sign. That next week's flow prayer, I won't touch you. I sign. I won't touch my wife. Apart from the signing, That is why Paul said, can I teach a little before we close? That's why Paul said, in that same verse, he said, the body of the man is not for him. I'm not married. My body is mine. I, I, I decide what to do with it. It's, my, it's mine. I'm in charge. But once I marry and I wear a ring, the body, this body, it's not for me. Ah, should I read a verse to you? Should I read it or we should just close? Oh, we should close. I should read it. All right, all right, all right. We come into the uh, Nina into God, and you think it's that scripture? You're, you yourself, everybody today. If they ask you what the pastor said, said, the pastor said to us that apparently there's also something called conscience. First Corinthians 7. Please dash me five minutes. Let me just read this verse. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yes. We'll continue next week. Nevertheless, I'm preaching. To avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have a husband. The reason we marry, apart from having children, we even say it at weddings, is to avoid fornication. That when I marry you, I shouldn't have a desire for my former boyfriend. To avoid marriage, one of the reasons for marriage is that when a woman marries, she must not have a desire for another man. But there's a way her husband can arrange himself in the house that will make the woman lie down and be dreaming about her regional head. Please, should I stop it? No! To avoid fornication. I'm talking about conscience. Say conscience. conscience. Yeah. We, one of the reasons we marry is so that, you know, before I married you, I was sleeping around. But when I marry you, I should have no appetite for Beatrice. First Corinthians 7. I'm reading it in English. To avoid fornication. So Paul is setting up an argument. To avoid fornication. Everybody, have your wife. Marry. And when you marry, you are not expected to fornicate. Because anything that is outside there should be in your house. But watch this. These are Christians without a conscience. 
and in verse 3, let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. The husband, when you marry a woman, I tell you, you have a responsibility to be good, to be kind. That's the conscience part. That this girl lying here, I've not done anything to her for the past two weeks. She may jump the wall and go for my, my senior brother. Yes. Let every husband render. And because, why do I say it? It means there are husbands who don't give their wives sex. It's called due benevolence. I'm speaking English. Sex is very important. And I don't know why I'm addressing because I, I, I've met wicked wives. Wicked husbands. And likewise also the wife to the husband. It's not just a husband. It's not just, just a husband. The wife also, as she's in the house, she, she must ask herself, the way I'm hurriedly preparing breakfast, do I hurriedly prepare myself for sex like that? The way I'm going to town to go to uh, your mats, I'm going to go, is it Goyle, that place? Oh, Koala, said Goyle. Koala, I'm going to buy sausages. What lens am I, have I gone to make sure that my husband is never hungry? Sometimes, the way the wife even arranges herself in the house, the man is even afraid to have feelings. He's afraid to have feelings. You want to have a feeling? So when he goes out and he sees the other girls, then the feelings are now flowing like a river. Joy like a river. Joy like a river. Joy like a river. Let's end the service. Verse 4. The wife. Say the wife. Has not power over her own body. No woman who is married has power over her body. But what do we see today? We see wives who have power over their bodies. The wife has no power. But the husband. And likewise also, the husband has no power. I'm married. I have no power over my body. I have no power. No, 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 no. If I'm driving to town, my wife says, you know, I, I, I just something moved from the left side of my chest to the right and then went inside my waist. I just feel that I must hold you. I must make a U-turn. Yes. Because that body going to town is not for the man driving the car. Komayada. The body, unless you're not wearing a ring, the body of the man holding the driving steering wheel is for the woman at the house. If she calls for the body, the body must come. We are wicked. We are wicked. I'm preaching about conscience. Yes. Now, now, this is what brought me here. I'm reading 1 Corinthians 7. The same way. You are a woman, you dress, you are going for your interview. And your husband sees you. Oh, baby. Wow. Because in the night, the cap you were wearing was like Captain Haddock. And now you look like the proper woman. Some of the women he has been meeting in town, you now eventually are looking like some of the women he sees in town. Because last night he was with Captain Haddock. <laughs> the sour cap was like Captain Haddock. So he has now, it is now that he has seen a woman. Oh, baby. 
Wow. Wow. Meanwhile, you are going to take your car and go for the interview. Then he comes and just hooks you with the left hand and pulls you like that and puts his right hand under your thighs and lifts you up. You must surrender. I surrender. Why should you surrender? Because the body wearing the skirt and blouse and brassiere is not for the woman going for the interview. It is for me. That's the Bible. There are many times I have added 30 minutes to my wife's exit from the house. Shatokaya Baba. What are you talking about? Why? My wife's... Her car is for her. The land her father left her is for her. The cocoa farm in the water region is for her. But the body is not for her. It's for me. I can do anything once the police will not arrest me. Yes. No, no. I'm serious. So, also, I can't slap her. I can't drive a knife into her. Yes. Once the police will not arrest me, it's mine. It's mine. When I say lie down, when I say turn, when I say stand on your head, when I say hold the, hold the, hold the light. <laughs> hold the light. <laughs> hold the light. <laughs> I'm coming out there to meet you. Hold the light. Hang there. I'm coming. <laughs> no, there's a lot of nonsense in marriages. I'm saying to you, husband, your body is not for you. I'm saying your body is not for you. Don't let your wife be at home and be dreaming about her boss. Wicked man without a conscience. Then verse 5. I'm, I'm ending now. Sorry that I've turned this message into a... It's all part of backsliding, you know. He said, listen to this one. He said, defraud ye not one another. Don't do fraud. Don't do fraud. Accept. Watch it. Accept. That's it. Don't take from your wife what she needs. Don't deprive her of having feelings. Don't. If your wife needs feelings, give it to her. If your husband needs feelings, give it to him. Then he brings in the caveat. He said, except the only time you, I, can, I can withhold feelings. I can, I, can, I can be with you and not touch you. Because there's a time like that. Where a man can be with his wife, but he's not touching her. And Paul says, he said, except it be with consent. Consent means agreement. It's from that word we get the English word symphony. Symphony. Beautiful music. It's just by instruments agreeing. So the Greek word is symphono. Symphonos. Symphony. 
except we agree for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Satan has tempted husbands and succeeded. He has tempted wives and succeeded. Not every marriage you see is a normal marriage. I'm telling you, they are together but the man is in love with another girl. They are together but the, the, the woman, when she sees her husband, she doesn't, if, if her, her feelings dry up. The real man she wants is that man in the next house. Who is her friend? But God is preventing her. Yes. It's not just because we are praying. We must agree. There must be symphony. No touching, no touching. No sex, no sex. It's, it's, so, so, like, we sing in unison. Not that one says no and once one says yes and one says no. Open her to the bedroom. Yes. A couple can have sex during a prayer meeting. If there's an appropriate room, if it's a toilet or somewhere you can, let's say, bedroom or something. Once we are wearing, we are wearing rings. But today, today's SU wife will say, we are praying. And the man must ask the wife, who, who, who told you we are praying? I don't agree that we are praying. <laughs> I don't agree. <laughs> no sin for no who is praying? We are praying. Who says we can't have sex? We are praying so we can't have sex. Who said we are praying so we can't have sex? I don't agree. Once I don't agree and your body is for me. Conscience. Say conscience. conscience. As I say conscience. conscience. A conscience gives a, makes a woman have a feeling. Her husband is suffering. One husband told his wife yesterday or two days ago. He says that he has lost interest in interest in, in sex. So, I mean, for the next three months, he's, he's he's trying to see. Meanwhile, every evening he's with somebody. Every evening they are learning for an exam. They start from nine eight p.m. and he comes home at three a.m. The woman comes to see her off. Sometimes they are even together. But when he sees the wife, he says that, oh, maybe uh, I, I don't feel. Maybe he has also suffered a symphony from the wife. Yes. Yes. And now he, 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 he's also having a feeling. Yeah. Because when, when the conscience is gone, you put pressure on someone to do things that the Bible doesn't allow. So the man is backsliding now. Today, as I'm talking, he's backsliding. Because somebody in his life didn't have a conscience. You see that they'll be in church, they'll be singing, they'll be worshipping. Meanwhile, the man is struggling at home. You see the man in the church, as I'm here, I'm preaching. Meanwhile, I've not minded my wife for two weeks. And I'm saying, receive it. Take it one. Take what? Take what? Go to your house and take your, uh, let your wife take two rounds. Foolish man. Say conscience. Say conscience. It's not always that you may not have a verse. Ah, I just remembered. My school. Infant swim school. 
When they went to school, they gave us a book with the school rules. A book, all the rules. What to wear, what to wear, to, when to eat, church services, school book, a, a, a rule book. Then I remember that the last, I even have goosebumps as I'm talking. Yes, I have goosebumps. The last sentence is a fat book with many things, academic, everything, different sports. Then the last sentence in the book was a breach of conscience is a breach of school rule. Because it's not every rule you can write in a book. It's not every rule in a secondary school. It's not every rule, but there are some things we expect your conscience to kick in. It's not every rule you can write in a marriage. It's not every rule. Model marriage cannot handle every marital situation. So, conscience must kick in. As you are talking to your wife that way, would you want someone to talk to you that way? Conscience! You find a man very anointed, but his conscience is weak. Very powerful, but the conscience is weak. I, I, I just remember it. I must find it. It's a, a breach. That is, that is, um, disobeying your conscience is also disobeying a school rule. Not following your conscience. So we, we have some grass lawns. Grass lawn. And we, we are not allowed to walk on the grass. And it was not written in the book. And the prayer will ask you, does your conscience allow you to walk on this lawn? Does it allow you to walk on this lawn? My dear friend, it's not everything you will get a verse. Mr. Mr. Pastor man, sister church member, auntie, auntie wife, brother husband, it's not everything that's a verse, but you will expect a good conscience. A good conscience. A good conscience. That I can't be with a woman in a house and not talk to her. My conscience alone should I'm, I'm, I, am, I am harassing her emotionally. Conscience. Which unbelievers have. But when you put it away, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said of, of which Hymenaeus and Alexander have put away. Whom I have delivered to Satan, that they might learn, they might learn, they might learn. When you put away your conscience, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are eligible for demonic harassment. As you stop church, can your conscience not speak to you? Does your conscience not speak to you? As you don't come to church, as you've left your members. You don't have the conscience. You don't have the conscience. Your pastor was celebrating his birthday. Have you said uh, uh, happy birthday? Have you given him a gift? A man who has fought for you, prayed for you, prayed for your children. Does your conscience not allow you? Your father is having a stroke at home. You will not mind him. You are moving about wearing suits. Don't you have the con? Yes, scriptures have failed. 
Holy Ghost is not talking. Don't you have a conscience? A breach of conscience. It's a breach of school rule. Stand to your feet. Lift your hands and let's pray as we go home. Today we had an extended version, but it's all good. You have used five hours to, to watch pornography. So if you use one hour, 20 minutes for, for, for a word, which saves, stop at solid and lift your two hands. As I lift your hands, you are angry that the, the service took too long. Have you not, you not used internet on Netflix to watch, to, to watch series for 10 hours? It shows that you are backslidden. Lift your hands and pray. If you are a husband, pray. Ask yourself the way you are treating your husband. Does a man with a conscience do that? If you are a wife, pray. That what you are doing to your husband, will a woman with a conscience do what you are doing? Do you have a conscience. Lift your hands and pray. Kaduma. Samanda. Remandula. Remandula. Arimande. Arimande. Shomianda Masa. Pray, pray, pray. Pray. A good conscience. Sadia Mama. Mama. Kebota. Remanduma. Yeah. Makata. Just conscience. 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 Not Holy Ghost. Not a verse. Conscience. It's a voice. It's a voice. It will say stop. Stop what you are doing. Go back. Say sorry. Say sorry. Shanimo. Anambra. Tulamaka. Asambra. Sonikatoba. Sandibroma. Kababa. Stamonde. Listen to, listen to me. If you are a wife, eh? And your husband hasn't been with you. You know, there are children in the meeting, so let me just use uh, English that. Hasn't been with you for two weeks. You must have a meeting with him. And ask him why he doesn't have feelings. And ask him, is this something I have done? Why? Because I can assure you. Unless his testicles were removed two weeks ago. But if the testicles are intact, he has feelings. But not towards you. If you must kneel down to beg him, kneel down because there must be a reason. There must be a reason. The same way, husbands must ask their wives, is that something I've done? Have I displeased you? Why? Why? Why are we not together? Why, why are we not together? What is wrong with our marriage? If I've done something, please forgive me. Tell me. And I hope she will speak. And I hope you will speak. Yes. Because I'm saying to you that there's a way you can live your life. You can destroy somebody's conscience. Yes. Yes. And it is rife in marriage. Lift your hands and ask the Lord for his constant wisdom. Constantly, constantly, his wisdom to continually, constantly come into your life. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless your name. Yes, Lord. Yes. If there's anybody in this service who is not born again, I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for you right now and ask the Lord.
to restore your soul. Amen. Restore your soul. Lift your hands and let's pray. Father, Father I, thank you for today. I thank you for today. I return to you. I, pretend to I you. come back to you. I come back I've, to gone you. Far from I've you. gone far from I've you. Sinned. I've sinned. I've done many bad, I've things. Done many bad things. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I am dirty. I am dirty. Please wash me Please wash with, me. The blood of Jesus. with the blood of Jesus. Today, today I surrender my I life surrender to you. My life and, to I say, oh God, and I say, oh God, make me... Make me your child. Make me your child. Make me your child. Make me your child. Make me your own. Make me your own. I am born again. I am born again. I am born again. I am born again. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.